the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today's podcast I've titled The Triune Mystery. Let's talk about the mystery of the Trinity. As a baby Christian, I was told about the triune nature of God. I didn't spend much time thinking about it. To me, God was so different from me that I accepted it without investigation. But I grew in the Lord, and I studied the Bible, and it became very clear that God is one, yet distinctly three persons. To me and to us, this is a mystery. I can't think of an example in all of creation that can match this concept. It is truly a mystery to the human mind. But we do not have to go far to find the remnant of three in one. For example, we are created in God's image, having three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Or take an egg. An egg has a yolk, a white, and a shell, but it's an egg. Water can be in three forms, solid, liquid, and vapor, and we have natural light in three heavenly forms, the sun, the moon, and the stars. The list goes on and on, but they do not explain the mystery of the triune God. Three, yet one. They only point to Him. So, let's go to the beginning. Genesis 1.1. It reads, In the beginning, God, in Hebrew that's Elohim, and that is plural. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And of course, God continues to speak everything into existence. We have all three persons here, separate, yet acting in complete unison. God Elohim, the Creator, the Mastermind, or Father God, the Spirit of God, who is the active power of God, and then the Word of God. From Gideon, Samson, David, to Jesus and Paul, and so many more, we find that the Spirit of God brings power. Acts 1.8 Jesus is speaking. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. As the Spirit hovered over the desolate waters, God spoke, and the Spirit's power brought about the action needed to create. Jesus is the Word of God. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Let's skip down to verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the Word of God. We have three separate persons, yet somehow completely unified. The next example, where we see all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together, is in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the same event. I'll choose Luke 3, 21-22 to read. 
When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. In these verses, we have Jesus, the Word of God, who became a man. It is easy to note that Jesus is a person separate from the Holy Spirit who came upon him from an open heaven. Then we have the voice of the Heavenly Father speaking of his love for his Son. With just a little bit of knowledge about Jesus and what we have read at this point, we see that God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are separate persons. Just before Jesus ascended to heaven, he told his disciples to baptize believers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three separate people. Closing the letter to the Corinthians, Paul says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Peter, opening his first letter, says, Who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by His blood. There are many other examples we could explore, but I think the point is clear. Each person, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, though acting in complete unison, are separate, if you will, separate persons. So what makes up a person? That seems to be hard to identify, but for now, I'll say mind, will, and emotions. A person has a mind, a will, and emotions. So let's go through a few uh, verses, they're well known, that talk about the Father. God is the mastermind of creation, as we read earlier, and then he decided to execute it. This takes care of a mind and a will. John 3.16 teaches us that God so loved the world that he sent his Son. Deuteronomy 16.22, God hates idols. Psalms 2.4, talking about the people who fought against God's purposes, the psalmist says, The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger. So, the Heavenly Father loves, He hates, He laughs, He hears, He speaks, He creates, He answers those who call upon Him. The Father has a mind, He has a will, and He has emotions. I'm going to skip over the fact that Jesus is a person. He's separate from the Father, and He's separate from the Holy Spirit. I think this is pretty easy to understand as we read through the Gospels uh, and all of the Bible, that Jesus has his own mind, will, and emotions. He was a human. Jesus taught the ways of God, was steadfast to seek God's will, even to the point of suffering a cruel death. He rejoiced, he cried, he suffered, and was grieved. I'm thinking of Judas who betrayed him with a kiss. That would be grievous. He is God, the Word of God, who became a man. So let's talk about the Holy Spirit, who, 
in Hebrew is named Ruach Elohim, and that simply means the breath of God. John fourteen sixteen through 17 Jesus is speaking, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. Several things to point out here. Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit as a separate person and as an equal. The Greek word for another, when Jesus says, I will give you another advocate to help you, this word in Greek is alon, and it means another of the same type. There is a word in Greek that means another of a different type, but alon is used here. Next, in John 16, 7-15, Jesus tells his disciples that he will send the Holy Spirit and explains the Holy Spirit's ministry, which is to convict the lost of sin, righteousness, and judgment, to guide all believers into truth, and that he will only speak what he hears from the Father and bring glory to Jesus. So I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here, and uh, as I go through them, examine to see if the Holy Spirit has a mind, a will, or emotions. Acts 13.2 While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Ephesians 4.30 And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. So we've learned that the Holy Spirit has power. He actively creates. He sanctifies believers, which just means he sets people apart from the world for dedication to God. The Holy Spirit speaks. He has a purpose. And he lives inside every believer. Well, mystery solved. (laughs) Not really. God, Elohim, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three separate persons and live and act in complete unity, yet they are one. Jesus, speaking just before he articulates the greatest commandment, says in Mark twelve sixteen, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I guess, like many things that we learn about God and his word, We just have to take it by faith. This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. If you have questions or comments, visit me at thecleansoul.org.